it's as simple as working it into your workflow, just creating a system for it. So according to a study, the average uh, local business has 47 reviews. So if you're not there, if you you know have 10 or 12, you might want to just start asking people, you know, when they check out with you, if you're, you know, a brick and mortar store or when you deliver their photos, if you're a photographer or something, just asking them to leave a review. Most people will, if they're prompted to leave a review, will leave one. You're listening to the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. Start listening today for the low price of free because it's a podcast from start to scale and beyond. SEO specialist Leah McDaniel and I chat about Google reviews and Google business profiles in today's episode of the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. We cover a lot of helpful information for businesses who are trying to optimize for local searches specifically. Guess what? You can join us live for episodes and ask your questions in real time. You can learn more about that over on our website at till.agency. And that's also where you can learn more about working with us. If you have any questions while you're over there, send us a note and we can chat more about how we might be able to serve your business. You'll also be able to access things like show notes as well. All right, let's get to it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Stuff Marketers Say. I am here with my annual SEO episode with Leah from Till Agency. And today we are talking about really Google My Business, Google Reviews, how we can get better Google reviews, more Google reviews. And I guess even just to start the conversation, we'll we'll start about we'll talk about whether even Google reviews are even worth it. So all about Google reviews today. Leah, thanks for your time. Of course. I'm glad to be here. So maybe we should just dive in. It's, you know, beginning of 2022 here. You know, I, I imagine that most people are familiar with the local pack. So even if you don't know what the local pack is, right? If you've ever been on Google, you're searching for like pizza near me or something like that. The local pack will usually show you, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of three to five results with a map. You can click into this specific restaurant, you know, Domino's, whatever, and call, right? So everybody's familiar with kind of local search, but not everybody might be familiar with Google My Business. Google My Business night might not be super relevant for, you know, every business out there. So maybe you could just walk us through what a Google My Business listing is. Sure. Yeah. So your Google My Business listing is basically the official record of your business on the internet. And actually, nerd moment here, and they're actually not called Google My Business anymore. They just changed it. It's now called Google Business Profile. Other than the name change, not much is different yet. But so, yeah, like you were saying, that's where the contact information is for your business, where people can go to read your reviews, check out your website. It's like the hub for your business on Google. One of the things that I don't think I realized was how much I use, you know, the local pack results. And I realized that in trying to switch my primary browser from Google Chrome to DuckDuckGo. So if you don't know what DuckDuckGo is, it's a you know search engine like Google, but they boast you know more privacy controls, right? And so this is me being like, oh, I don't want the the man to track my <laughs> you know to track my activity across the web or whatever. And so I switched to DuckDuckGo. But you know when when you're just trying to do something like check if a restaurant's open, right? Which you can usually do in two seconds by 
throwing the restaurant name into Google and you see whether they're open or closed and you can call them quickly if you're, you're placing a takeout order or something like that. I didn't realize it was, it was in that moment where I was like, okay, I got to switch back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here I am back on, back on Google Chrome, but it's just, it was striking to me how often that I actually relied on, you know, the local pack searches, especially within Google. Yeah. So a new study that actually just came out says that 99% of people that they surveyed look up a local business at least twice a week on Google My on you know Google and using the local pack and Google My Business. So almost a hundred percent of people use it multiple times a week to find businesses. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I totally believe it, especially after, like I said, having tried to switch to something like DuckDuckGo. What kinds of businesses should set up a, a what, what did they just change the name to? I'm going to start using the the right name. Google Business Profile. Google Business Profile. So what, what kind of businesses should set up a Google my Google Business Profile? And, you know, would every does every type of business benefit from having one, I guess? Yes, honestly. I mean, just citing that that study again, if 99% of people are using Google to find businesses multiple times a week, there's no reason not to be on there. Like people aren't flipping through the yellow pages anymore. You know, like if people are looking for a business or for a service provider, Google's where they're going. I think there are definitely certain kinds of businesses that might see more benefit from having a Google business profile, but it's a super easy thing to set up. I would say there's no reason for any business not to have one. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And I would imagine that the types of businesses that are going to benefit the most are going to be local businesses. You know, I'd say even more so, but not only, but businesses with uh, brick and mortar locations for sure. And certainly if you have multiple business uh, brick and mortar locations, those are the kinds of businesses that I think will probably benefit the most. But like you said, even if you don't serve customers at a specific location, but you travel to customers, you can still benefit by creating a Google business profile. It's going to take me a while to get used to saying Google business profile <laughs> after a decade of saying Google My Business. Anyways, let's let's quickly talk about setting up a Google business profile. I think that it's it's worth going through just a few things because in the past I've had I've worked with clients who have maybe not fully set up their Google business profile and so I have a you know funny story to share about that. So, you know, as somebody sets up their Google business profile, what you know, what sorts of things do they need to focus on? Yeah, so I have a few kind of general tips and then a few really specific things to look at. So in general, I would say when you're setting it up, don't try to like game the system or be sneaky. Like don't don't try to cram keywords into your your business name on your Google business profile or anything like that. Especially with a new update, like when they changed the name to Google business profile, they changed a few other things. And one of those things is they are taking down profiles that have keywords crammed into the business name. So don't try to be sneaky. Don't try to game the system. Just be straightforward. Put in the information as it really is. And another thing that is new with this update is if you don't have a brick and mortar location or you're not serving your customers at a specific location like a studio or a shop or an office, you want to be using a service area instead of putting in a physical location. In the even very recent past, people were being advised to, you know, put in an address at any cost, whether you have to get your friend to let you send the verification postcard there and use their address. That is a change that is going to be big. So if you are, you know, a photographer or a coach or somebody who mostly serves people like at their location or online, just go ahead and put in a service area. 
Sure. Yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. And I think a much needed change as well, because I feel like photographers, especially who didn't have a studio, really, you know, a lot of wedding professionals who don't have, you know, some sort of brick and mortar location, it's always a challenge, right? Trying to make sure that you show up in search for the keywords that you're hoping to show up for, especially local related keywords, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not, you know, not getting your Google My Business listing taken down because you're using an address set that's not actually yours, right? So right. I think, I think hopefully a step in the right direction uh, in that regard. I assume that certain things haven't changed, like you still can't use a PO box, you still can't use a UPS box or anything like that in lieu of an address. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not serving customers out of that PO box unless you're very, very small. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't want to be using an address if that's not actually where you're serving your customers. And that's not going to hurt you anymore. They've kind of changed how businesses are showing up in the local search results. So you're not going to be penalized if you're not using an address close to the city center or whatever anymore. A couple other things are when you're putting in your website URL, you want to make sure that it's perfectly accurate, including like if the, if you have an SSL certificate, like if your site is secured, you want to make sure that the address in your Google business profile has the HTTPS instead of HTTP. And also if the canonical version of your site has the www in it, you want that to be exactly right in the Google business profile as well, which I know seems like a super nitpicky detail, but it's very important when you're setting it up. Yeah. And the the way you can check that is if you just go to your domain and hopefully, you know, no matter what you put in your domain. So if you put a www.yourdomain.com, right, hopefully it just goes to a secure version of your site. And if out of the browser, you copy and paste that, that's exactly what should go into your Google profile or Google business profile listing and any other listing you create. And so what people don't realize is that, you know, the www version versus the non www version, the HTTP version versus the HTTPS (laughs) version, right? It's a mouthful. All those are, you know, different versions of your site. So for instance, like if you try to go to www dot till dot agency, it's just going to take you to till dot agency, right? Without the www. So that's the version of our website that we want to be putting in something like Google My Business or Google Business Profile now, <laughs> right? So yeah, little things like that to pay attention to. But like you said, you can make it, you know, can can potentially be an issue if you if you don't. And certainly if you have a if your site is secure, right, you wouldn't want to link to an unsecure version of your site, even though that unsecure version should just forward to the secure version if it's mm-hmm. set up correctly. Yep. And then the only other thing that I would say when you're setting up, like if you're setting up your Google business profile for the first time, or you're going back and revisiting it, there should be a section for a description of your business. And that is where I would put in your keywords. Like that's the thing that you can really optimize. But again, you don't want it to be just like crammed full of nonsensical keywords. You want it to be, I think you have up to 750 characters. So a few sentences describing what your business actually does and who you actually serve. You want it to be easy for humans to read, not just crammed full of keywords. Yeah. And something that I would add to is in terms of setting it up is you really want to fill out all the fields that you Mm -hmm. have access to. Some of the fields might not really apply to you. For instance, you might not have a phone number for people to reach you at. And so that might be hidden, you know, whatever. However, 
putting in a profile, you know, I forget what they call them exactly, but you can put in something that's equivalent to a profile picture and like a cover image, for instance. Highly mm -hmm. recommend putting those in. If a customer were to leave a review, let's say, and they include images in their review, Google can pull those and then they'll just add that to your cover, mm -hmm. you know, cover image or profile image or whatever. And then they start showing that. And it's, it's, we can't, you know, we can influence what Google shows, right? But at the end of the day, Google's going to show what they want to show. So, you know, we've worked with uh, photographers in the past who, you know, didn't really pay any attention to the, the photos, to, to uploading any photos. And as a result, photos were chosen for them. And these photos might have been, you know, five years old and not reflect the work that they're doing anymore. And that's kind of the first impression that you're giving of somebody who's, you know, potentially trying to reach out to you, right? So, I'd pay attention to that stuff. So if you're going to go through the process of creating a Google business profile, then just make sure that, you know, it probably would take you a half hour to set it up pretty well from start to finish. That would be my guess. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, funny enough, there was a town kind of outside an area that I used to live in Maryland. And I remember Googling it. I used to coach high school across and so we were going to that town. And, you know, the the picture that Google chose for that image was actually just some guy's mugshot from like a local oh, prison no. or whatever, you know, but it's like, that's like, the, that's what Google will do, right? They just like, you know, who knows the how the most that, relevant photo. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and, and that's the thing is they don't always, obviously they don't always choose well. So, you know, if we can influence Google to do certain things, we want to be able to do that at the outset because it is a lot more difficult to, you know, to fix those things sometimes on the tail end, but they can be fixed. So anyways, mm -hmm. That's Google My Business. Anything else to add there before we move on to talking about reviews specifically? Not that I can think of. Awesome. Last thing that I'll, I'll note is just name, address, phone number should be consistent. If it's you know exactly how it is on your website and in, in, in any other listings, that's how it should be in your Google My Business profile as well. All right. So reviews. Are Google reviews, are they even worth it? What's the, what's the advantage of, of getting a Google review? So worth it and so important. Google reviews are only getting more important. They not only directly impact your ranking, but they also impact customers, whether or not they want to work with you. Like if you have, you know, you, technically you've been open for 10 years, but you only have five reviews that might not seem like you're providing the best customer experience or people might not trust that you can help them out. So so not only do they directly impact where you're ranking in the Google search results, but they're also super important when people are deciding whether or not they even want to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that if you are trying to figure out why you're not showing up in the local pack, you know, two of the things that, you know, we're probably going to check proximity, of course, you know, so if you don't actually work in that area, you know, let's say, and, and that's tough sometimes. I know we work occasionally with businesses who are in like, the business is technically located in a rural area, but they serve an urban area, you know, and that's what we were getting at sort of at the beginning of this episode talking about service area. But I think the second thing that we're going to look at is reviews, right? And so mm -hmm. if another business has 20 more uh, positive reviews than you, then chances are they're probably going to show up higher in the local pack than, than you are. So, you know, I would agree. I think that Google reviews definitely impact, you know, your search position, but then also influence whether customers want to work with you or not. What tips do you have for businesses to get more Google reviews? Yeah. So I would say it's as simple as working it into your workflow, just creating a system for it. So according to a study, the average uh, local business has 47 reviews. 
So if you're not there, if you you know have 10 or 12, you might want to just start asking people, you know, when they check out with you, if you're, you know, a brick and mortar store or when you deliver their photos, if you're a photographer or something, just asking them to leave a review. Most people will, if they're prompted to leave a review, will leave one. So just working that into your workflow, finding the right place where your customer is really feeling great about the transaction and their experience with you. That's the time to ask them. Most people will leave one if you ask them. And you can even kind of give some some guiding questions like, hey, if you're not sure what to if you're not sure what to say, like consider these things while you're writing your review. You don't want to, you know, architect your your reviews too much. You don't want them to sound fake or for all of your reviews to kind of end up sounding the same. But you can give people ideas of what to write in the review if you're looking for specific kind of feedback, they should be relevant. So if, for example, your business has kind of changed over the last few years, like you started out and you were a wedding photographer, and now you've kind of shifted into, you know, brand photography and course creation or something, you want the reviews that are showing up to not be, you know, couples from five years ago saying how you made their their wedding day magical, because those aren't relevant to what you're doing anymore. Yeah. And I I can't emphasize enough that asking for reviews is really pretty pivotal. I would say that, you know, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, if you see a business that has a lot of reviews in, you know, really any place, whether it be Yelp or Google, you know, wherever it is that they get reviews, typically they have a good system for getting those reviews in place, right? Like they're not Mm -hmm. just like, sure, people might be having a great experience. That's why they've, they've left the good review or whatnot. But typically, people, people do need to be prompted to leave one. And asking people to leave one, I think, is, is totally fine. All right. Obviously, you want to ask, like, if you know somebody didn't have a great experience, then maybe you don't ask that person. <laughs> but in general, asking people to giving them, like you said, a few questions like, hey, what was what stood out most about your experience? You know, and you can tailor those to, you know, exactly the experience that you're that you provide and what you want others to know about the experience. All of those things are helpful. I want to include, you know, a thousand questions, but three to five questions somewhere in there to help somebody craft the review, I think is perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think when it comes to getting Google reviews too, you can double your efforts by, you know, basically asking people to copy and paste those reviews into wherever you want them left, right? So, you know, people, you can say, hey, this is, you know, these are the three places where we really benefit from having reviews. And they're going to vary from industry to industry, right? So for instance, like our agency, you know, people aren't checking Yelp to see what it's like to work with our agency, right? So it's going to vary from industry to industry in terms of where you want people to leave reviews. I would say Google for most local businesses is probably going to give you the most bang for your buck. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but I would actually recommend that people kind of spread them out. And instead of having people copy and paste, they can definitely leave reviews in multiple places. But one thing with this kind of new update to Google Business Profile, if there are reviews that are duplicated across the internet, so for example, if you're a photographer and there's a review that exists on WeddingWire and on Facebook and on Google that is word for word exactly the same, you run the risk of having Google take their version of the review down because it's duplicate content. So again, that's a piece of advice that has changed pretty recently. It used to be, yeah, just get people to put the same review everywhere. But I would recommend at least having them be a little bit different if you're going to have 
the same person leave a review in multiple places. Mm, that's um, really good to know. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a very recent change. And also, yeah, I would recommend spreading them out. So if you only have reviews on Google, you don't have any reviews on Yelp or on Facebook or Wedding Wire or other kind of niche places like that, you, you're not building up your authority and your relevance across the internet. So I would say focus on Google, you know, maybe ask half or more of your clients to leave reviews on Google, but also sprinkle in, you know, a Yelp and a Wedding Wire and a Facebook, just so that you're not putting all of your eggs in, in Google's basket. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really good advice. And one of the things that's nice about having a Google My Business, I'm sorry, Google business profile <laughs> is that Google will, will often take those reviews from across the web and show them in your Google business profile. So mm -hmm. we see this with wedding photographers often where wedding wire and the knot, their reviews are aggregated and also listed in the Google business profile for restaurants. I can't remember. Maybe it's from open table or. You yep. know, somewhere else, mm -hmm. right? So it's going to vary from industry to industry, but knowing knowing where you know people typically go to check things out in your industry and focusing there, you don't have to focus absolutely everywhere, but picking really sort of the top platforms, I think, is worth it. Bad reviews, to a certain extent, you know, it's kind of. I mean, there's a few things that I think thinking about bad reviews. One, to a certain extent, it's just doing business. You might have somebody who works with you who doesn't have a great experience. That's just the reality of doing business. So dealing with, with those types of people. And then afterwards, maybe talking about how you deal with basically fake reviews. So occasionally, you'll get somebody leave a review. They've never worked with you. Maybe they've mistaken your business for another business, but you can't figure out how to get them to take it down. And that can be super frustrating too. So maybe we could speak a little bit to both those situations. Yes, absolutely. So bad reviews. Bad reviews are an excellent opportunity. In fact, lots of people say that they will give more weight to a review that starts out as a bad review and then somebody edits to say, oh, they resolved this situation to my satisfaction. Or somebody who leaves a review and says, I had an issue and they helped me solve it. Sometimes people give more weight to those reviews than ones that are just glowing and wonderful out of the gate. So don't the world is not going to end if you get a bad review. I would say step one is to take a deep breath. I know it hurts. Nobody wants to have people having a bad experience or leaving bad reviews, but it's going to be okay. The second step is reach out to that person and see if you can help solve their problem. So if somebody had a bad experience with you, if they've actually worked with you, send them an email or whatever and ask if there's something you can do to help make them feel better about it, whether it's you know, a discount next time they come into your restaurant or five free prints from their wedding album or whatever. See if there's something you can do to turn that negative experience into a positive experience. And then the third step would be to reply to that review. You should also reply to good reviews, but especially reply to the bad review. Something as simple as, hey, thank you so much for leaving your honest feedback. I'm sorry to hear you didn't have a great experience. I'd love to help make this right. Let me know what I can do for you. Or I reached out to this person on this date to try to offer a resolution and never heard back from them. Just responding to the review so people who are reading that review have context, see that you're trying to resolve the problem. And then, yeah, for fake reviews. If you get a review from somebody who you've never worked with, you know, they're describing a situation that never happened, same thing, go ahead and just reply to it. Say, I've never had a client by this name. 
this review is a false attempt to tarnish my, tarnish my business's reputation, or if it's somebody you did work with, but they're leaving a totally outlandish and inaccurate review and say, this review is an inaccurate representation of the situation. I reached out to this client several times to try to resolve the situation and never received a response or whatever. Just reply to those. If it's an absolutely fake review, you might be able to get Google to take it down, but not quickly. They're not going to yeah. move quickly. So go ahead and just reply to it. Give a little bit of context for people who might be seeing it in the meantime. Yeah, you know, that's the unfortunate thing is it's not going to be fast if if you can yeah. get Google to review uh, to remove it. And there are terms mm -hmm. of service on both both ends, right? So somebody can't mischaracterize the situation. So if they've never actually shot there, you know, and you know, oh, my friend had a bad experience there. You know, those those kinds of re reviews are actually not allowed. So you can try to mm -hmm. get those to be taken down. A lot of times you just won't be successful in doing that and that can be super frustrating. And then there's that fine line, right, between replying in a way that shows that you're open to making a situation right mm -hmm. without the same time engaging in like an argument or getting into an argument on the review page, right, and being like, you know, this person's a liar and, and nothing they're saying is true, right? And so you really want to be careful on being in you know, really trying to resolve the situation offline, number one. Mm -hmm. And two, you know, when you do engage online, just doing it in a way that's not going to inflame the situation, you know, any further. That's a very good point. If it's going to be a fight, if replying to that person is going to result in a conflict, take that offline. Do it via email. Leave a simple matter of fact reply. Don't engage in the replies to the to the review. That's not going to help anybody. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when, when something does go wrong with Google My Business or Google Business Profile, what are some of the things that people can check out in order to get things resolved or figure out, you know, kind of best practices? Mm -hmm. So Google does have a support team. They are increasingly difficult to get in touch with. You used to be able to just call a helpline and get somebody on the phone. Now I think you need to submit a ticket or go through their like support chat. It's a little bit harder to get in touch with people, but they do have support articles. So if you're having an issue, if you do a quick Google search for it, you'll probably find a support article or even somebody in like a forum who had a similar situation and left some details about how they resolved it. A lot of times people are having issues with their Google business profiles because information on their profile was rejected for some reason. It was inaccurate or something else violated some term of service. And so a lot of times if you just fix that information on your profile, like if your profile were disabled or taken down, if you just go ahead and, and fix those things and resubmit it, they will re-review it and oftentimes put your profile back up without you ever needing to really talk to anybody on the support team. And another thing would be agencies like Till might be able to help you either by, you know, doing the legwork of getting in touch with support for you or like, oh yeah, I've seen this before with other clients. You just have to do this, this, and this thing. So if you're not finding answers that you can act on, an agency like Till would be able to help you with that in most cases too. Yeah, perfect. It was nice. You know, but I feel like it was to a certain extent a best kept secret was that you could just call Google and talk to somebody about a Google My Business listing. And you know, it, it didn't it didn't mean that they would again act, move quickly on certain things. Mm -hmm. But 
it was nice to be able to talk to somebody, know that you're getting submitting maybe a ticket in the right way or whatnot. Now, I think, and I see this across different assets is, you know, I almost feel like they, on different days at different times, different support channels are open, you know? So right. sometimes I can still get, you know, a phone number to call. Other times it's going to be via chat or something like that. Other times, none of it seems to exist at all. So that can be a little <laughs> bit frustrating, but there are resources out there for mm-hmm. sure. And as I said, if you do need help with just search engine optimization in general, optimizing your Google business profile, agencies like ours can help and do this for a lot of different businesses. So we've seen a lot of different situations as well. Leah, anything else we should add before signing off here? No, I mean, I could talk about Google reviews all day long, but I think that that really hit the, the high notes. I think we covered the important stuff for sure. Awesome. Well, if you're out there listening and you want to join us live for episodes. Typically, we're recording episodes around noon on Wednesdays, Eastern time. You can check our website for whatever the next week's topic is going to be. We publish those typically within a day after the previous episode. So by Thursday at noon, that topic should be updated. But once you register once, you'll get the links for all the future episodes. So if you want to join, you all you have to do is sign up once and then you'll kind of know what's coming each and every week. And that way you can get your questions answered live. Otherwise, feel free to visit us at till.agency. And while you're there, you can send us a note and we can explore ways that we could possibly work with your business. Leah, thanks again for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun.